Flying Bull Productions presents Laugh, Literature, and Film. Welcome to the good stuff. Yeah. The Laugh Podcast. I'm here with the host of the show, Mr. Two Frames. How are Ooh, you today, sir? I've been upgraded. I'm yeah. the host. I like it. I'm the L-Train. Today we're going to be giving you our review of, believe it or don't, Cinderella. So excited. Disney's latest foray into live-action remakes of their signature animated films. This particular version is based on the story Cinderellion, <laughs> written by Perillion in 1697. That doesn't make you laugh. <laughs> No. I thought his name was Peralt. <laughs> no, that's the first guy. This is the this is the second version of the of the of the uh of the myth. <laughs> Directed by Kenneth Branagh, screenplay by Christopher Weitz. You know, he's tied to the uh, Rogue One Star Wars spin-off. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. That guy has some range. We can even talk about that on today's show. Um we can? I can. All right, you can. Starring Lily James as Cinderella. I didn't even know who this girl was. Uh, from Downton Abbey, right? <laughs> exactly. You don't watch a lot of British television? No, I don't watch a lot of the Disney musical, like sub-musical kind of movies either. Reanimated live actions. I listened to one. I watched one. But it also stars uh, Helena Bonham Carter as the world's most mediocre fairy godmother. The least effective fairy godmother of all fairy godmothers. And Kate Blanchett as the evil stepmother. You can't forget about Richard Madden. What is he? He is Prince Charming. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's so important to the movie, Prince Charming. He is a very important role, I guess. Oh, yeah. Prince Charming. <laughs> uh, okay, so... Uh, Walt Disney told his early animators that the characters and scenes need to be so vivid and clear that they could be understood with the sound turned off. Does Kenneth Branagh's Cinderella hold up to those expectations? Absolutely. There are a lot of great visual moments in this film. Uh, number one has to be when Cinderella arrives at the ball. And she's at the top of the staircase. Everyone turns and looks at her. You've got this incredible widescreen. I think it's uh, 225 aspect no. ratio. It, it, it's wider than um, someone's big screen television. If right. you if you watch this movie on your television, you will have bars at the top the and bottom of your screen. Yeah, real big. All right. And I, I thought that was a beautiful shot. And there are a couple of other great shots in this film as well. All right. So it's not just the fact that you would rather not have to listen to the dialogue. You actually enjoyed the visual style. Oh, I like bits of the dialogue. I thought oh. Kate Blanchett was wonderful, the way she chewed up the scenery and was just so classically evil. She was okay. I mean, she might have been the highlight of a very... Uh, okay. Please tell us more about your experience with the movie. Well, I, I think it goes without saying, you can't just call this movie Cinderella. You have to say, this is Disney Cinderella. This is Disney through and through. This is what Disney does best. Except, gratefully... No music. They took the music out of it. I mean, they took the musical interludes. It wasn't a musical cartoon like the first Cinderella. Yeah, there's very little music in it. I think there's there are a couple parts where Cinderella's kind of just humming to herself. 
But they were adamant about having uh, the same color palette, the same. You had to have the ridiculous pumpkin and the mice becoming the uh, stallions. Mm-hmm. Okay. So th- those are the those are the th- the. But this is the Cinderella movie that you think you remember if you watch the animated film. I thought that it had a lot in common with the animated film. I went back and rewatched the animated one, and it's only eighty minutes long. There are a lot of scenes of the mice messing around with the cat and the cat trying to kill the mice. If you got rid of all that stuff and just focused on the Cinderella story, distilled the animated movie down, you're left with maybe a fifteen to twenty minute movie. So you took the cat and mouse story out of the cat and mouse, or out of Cinderella. Yeah, you're, you're down to 15, 20 minutes. This movie's a little over 100 minutes long, and it's a lot of Cinderella. They do a good job of fleshing out characters and their motivations. Prince Charming has a lot more screen time. His father isn't a buffoon like he is in the animated film. In the animated film, the king only wants grandchildren so he can chase them around and play horsey with them. Oh, he doesn't care at all for his strange son's happiness. pedophilia going on there. Yeah, where this, you know, the king's concerned of his, he's concerned about his kingdom and that his son is ready to lead, that his son can find true love, the proper wife, and all that. So there's some depth, depth think, to the story. Yeah, I think so. As yeah. much depth as you can get with a Disney movie that's aimed at kids and families. Aimed at kids and families. Why did you want to see it? I love Disney. I, I think I also benefit from growing up during the Disney Renaissance. Uh, there are three classical ages of Disney films. The Golden Age, which is Snow White, Pinocchio, um, Dumbo, and Bambi. 30s and 40s. Yeah, the, their first couple films. And then they had a resurgence starting with Cinderella in 1950. They also did movies like Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, Lady and the Tramp, and Sleeping Beauty. Those are some of the gold, or the, those are the gold and silver age. I was five years old when the movie Little Mermaid came out, and that's followed in quick succession by Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, and Lion King. Finally, in '94, uh, so those four movies came out when I was between the ages of five and ten and really captured my imagination. Like, I think they captured the imaginations of lots of children. Unfortunately, you're a product of the 1980s. <laughs> or you live had action. Like, uh, no, the 70s and 80s. 70s and 80s. Mostly still... 70s. We had the Disney TV show. Yeah, but what great animated films do you have? Uh, Robin Hood, The Black Cauldron, The Great Mouse Detective? Well, none. We don't have any great Disney animated films. We had all the other ones. We had the Snow White and the... Sleeping Beauty and all that. Yeah, but you're going back. I mean, there was nothing new to really just spark your imagination. Yeah, but it, it was a different world in my time. There wasn't. We didn't have easy access to any of that stuff anyway. So probably the first the very the very first movie I saw was Bambi. Really? I saw Bambi. Yeah, it was a double feature: Bambi and and Gus, the field goal kicking donkey. <laughs> I think it's the first movie I saw in the movie theater. I don't know how old I was, but I remember it was raining. Have you ever been to Disney World? Yeah, that's why I hate Disney movies. Tweedledee tried to kill me. Tweedledee and well, Tweedledee tried to push me off of the. He he slapped me in my chest and almost knocked me over into the uh, moat that surrounds the Magic Mountain. So you admit, due to a traumatic childhood, you're unable to appreciate. I was a senior in high school. The glory that is Disney. <laughs> it was my senior trip. 
We went to Disney World. See, I think that's a shame. I love Disney. I love the world that they create, and I love to go see movies I, to I be a part of I hate the world that they worlds. create. I, I real, well, I went to Disney World when I, was a, when I was a child, and I saw my favorite ride was the 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. And uh, I thought we were actually in a submarine when I was a child, and we'd go deep underneath the ocean, and, you know, oh, my God, here comes a squid, and it's going to try... Oh, it was horrifying. We finally got through that. It was a pretty neat, neat experience. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I was a senior, I went there. I realized it's just it's just a train uh, about in about three or four feet of water, <laughs> and it goes around on a track, and it go it dips down a little bit. Yes. So all of my all of my illusions were disavowed, and and everything the the scales peeled off my eyes. And I saw Disney for what it really was. And then when D tried to kill me, my life changed forever <laughs> with respect to Disney. But you're still able to appreciate uh, family-friendly movies. No, no, I'm not. I hate family-friendly movies. How to Train Your Dragon 2. You're normally a big fan movie. of Pixar films. But for oh, yeah, wh- why didn't Cinderella work for you? Is there one thing that you can really zero in on? Uh, one thing, no. Several things, yes. Right. I mean, I, a I don't like the story. I think the story is really stupid. I, I think it's insipid, and I think it. I saw. I read a blog post somewhere. Saw. Oh, I think it was True Trailers. Did you see True Trailers for uh, Cinderella? I saw. I think I tweeted. It, is it honest? Well, true and honest. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's his younger cousin. <laughs> uh, you. So you saw the one for Cinderella. I, I, I think I saw the one for the animated one. Is this? The, are you going to take the feminist take? No, no, no. Well, yeah, it, it does. I guess it undermines all the uh, um, great strides that women have made with respect to Frozen. I didn't see Frozen either, but apparently that tells a completely different story. I, I think people are blowing that out of proportion. Maybe, maybe Like not. I've heard some people say, this teaches children that what you want is to marry someone who's rich and wealthy and famous. Yeah, <laughs> it does. But I'm that's not saying that's a bad look, thing. But that's only if you look at it from Cinderella's point of view. If you look at it from Prince Charming's point of view, you learn that you can find love with anyone. Who's beautiful. And, you, and has, a, has a, a waist the size of my bicep. Okay, but it's not about being rich and famous. No, she has to be beautiful. He rejects she has to have the a, notion that he has to marry a princess. Well, the princesses that he has thrown out as bait for him aren't as beautiful as Cinderella. She's gorgeous, and she's made, she's prettified but don't by we her always, mediocre godmother. But don't we marry people that we think are good-looking to us? Yeah, but you, you could also marry people that you find attractive for other reasons. Okay. They don't necessarily have to be good-looking. When we see what is it that get, distinguishes? All right, when we see characters get married in movies, aren't they almost always good-looking? Yeah, but some of them are smart. <laughs> all right, would you marry someone as dumb as Cinderella? No. So that's my point. No, I no would only good marry someone is. who is very, very intelligent and whom I hope listens to this podcast specifically <laughs> these 30 seconds. Well, they can be as good-looking as Cinderella, but or they also have to better. be smart. <laughs> or even better looking, right? I, th- I actually liked Lily James, the actress. I liked the role. I mean, I liked her acting in the movie. I think you thought that Kate Blanchett was the better actress. I think that Lily James outshone her. And I didn't even know who that was. Kate Blanchett has the showier role. She has more to do. Lily James always just has to be so likable. Well, it, it didn't... Okay. Just, 
I don't know her from anything else. So her likability in this movie is a function of her ability to act. And I was thinking how hard it is going to be for her to get an, a nomination, especially for a movie coming out in March and a marginal film like this. Maybe not Kate Blanchett because she has the, the pedigree, but a girl like Lily James, I can't remember a better acting performance that I've seen. And I, I don't think that she's gotten enough credit for it. Of course, I'm no big connoisseur of acting. I just can't think of a better female acting performance that I've seen recently. Probably going all the way back to, um, I don't know, uh, Inside Lewin Davis. Oh, with Carrie Mulligan? Yeah. That was wow. the last time I was moved by a female actress. No, I, I think yeah. Lily James was really good. I, I enjoyed all of oh, it. Oh, wait. Well, all right. I also saw another movie, but I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, I also, I like the look of this film. I like this fairy tale world. It seems somewhere in the past, somewhere in Europe. At times it felt like we were in the English countryside. Other times it felt strongly Germanic. And then when they were at the castle walking through the gardens, it felt like we were at Versailles. Okay. I, I like that world. They took the best elements from the last two, 300 years of okay. European history. All right, that's fine. You didn't care for that? You didn't like the look of this? No, I mean, that that distracted me more than anything else. I I tell you what, all right. Anything else you want to say next about the film? I don't want to just tear it apart. I like Kenneth Branagh a lot. I can't recommend the movie, though. I can't recommend that anyone legitimately go watch this unless they have little kids they need to keep entertained. I'm not even sure that little kids will be entertained. I think the only, I think the demographic that most... Appeal that this movie will most appeal to is the is you. <laughs> no, no. I think if you tell people this is Disney Cinderella, you know right away whether or not you want to watch this film. Disney made Cinderella. Boom. All right. Well. All right. So you say go see it. Mm-hmm. I say avoid it. This is the problem I have with it. All right. <laughs> These are some of the problems I have with it. Fairy the fairy godmother. That was annoying. <laughs> that was annoying to me. At the risk of sounding misogynistic, wouldn't Cinderella have been better served with a fairy godfather? Did you see like Marlon Brando in that? Don Corleone. Yeah. And would you do me a favor? It's like, but see, now this is the thing. Men solve problems instead of coming up and creating more problems. She, I don't understand how she creates more problems. How many, how many, all right. She becomes orphaned. Her mother dies. Her father dies. She's got like three or four, I don't know, maybe a year, Mm -hmm. at least six months of her just living. She's abused by her stepmother, her fairy or her uh, evil stepmother and stepsisters. Where was she then? Where was the, where was the fairy godmother then to protect her? Hey, Cinderella, you know, t- t- here, here, you, you live in the attic. You, they're tearing apart everything, <laughs> you know, all of your clothes. Here's a pillow. Sometimes you have to go through trials and tribulations. Odysseus, when he was on his journeys, was not always helped out by the gods. Okay. You say uh, she had the the pumpkin thing. It was a, it was a big deal for uh Disney's Cinderella, because it's not in every version of Cinderella that you see that there's a pumpkin that there's a pumpkin that turns into his carriage, right? Yeah, pretty much just the French version. Um, 
what was, all right, so the fairy godmother makes the carriage in the middle of the, uh, you know, the, the, the glass house. Yeah, the, destroys the, the glass house. Greenhouse. Godfather. Green glass house. Green, green glass house. The greenhouse. The glass greenhouse. Don Corleone would have taken the pumpkin out of there. He just put it in the yard. He wouldn't have had to destroy the whole thing. That's another point. Uh, I think these when are... she met Prince, Prince Charming, uh-huh. Prince Charming. When she met Prince Charming, where was she? In the forest. How did she get there? On a horse. Why did they have to change mice into horses? Uh, because in the original uh, Disney, uh, in the original, movie, they turned the horse horses? into the driver of the carriage. She didn't already have horses. Did did anyone see her arrive in that carriage? I don't. The carriage I don't was think so. perfunctory. The, the the whole pumpkin thing, the whole pumpkin carriage, the mice turned. I felt sorry for the poor you mice. You would have made her walk to the ball. No, she could in have those... ridden the horse. She could have ridden the horse, and she could have got away from there a lot easier. Not with that dress. Not with as flowy as it was. As nobody saw. Nobody was. saw her. Nobody had to see her. Why did the poor mice have to go and have four hours of cl- of glorious horse beinghood? And then undergo that hideous retransformation back into being mice. It's cruel. I'd rather just stay as a mouse. I hate that. Ella, Ella's giving me all her food. I had a great, wonderful mouse life. I got all that. I got all her food so they, that she could maintain that size fifteen waist of hers. They want to help her out. And then they become horses, and the first thing they have to do is haul around this gigantic pumpkin carriage thing. Hey, Godmother, how about a few minutes of me just running around as a horse? I, I was a mouse. Now I'm a horse. Now you're going to strap me to this, this giant pumpkin carriage thing? Give me a break. Let me, let me gallop. Just please, let me gallop for At a minute. At least the carriage was beautiful in the movie. WTHFG? <laughs> Third Godmother? All right. So that's some of the problems that I have with it. <laughs> I have other problems as well, and I'm not going to belabor the point. I tell you what movie did this did inspire me to watch Enchanted though. Okay. Which is a sort of a take on the whole princess thing. Mm-hmm. Uh starring Amy Adams. It is Bam Bam, my Beagle's favorite pastime. She loves it more than watching. She likes it almost as much as eating, but I don't consider that a a pastime for Bam Bam. She she watches Enchanted. She gets excited, her tongue lolls. She she tries to get into the TV screen. She wants to be part of that world. It's a good movie. It's a good take on the, the fairy tale. It's a good modernization of it. But um, I, do we always have to have modernizations of the fairy tale? Can't we just enjoy a classic story for what it is and let it be well told? No, I mean, I don't think that that's... No, you don't always need the modernization part of it. I didn't see... Uh, you don't need a retransformation of the story. I, I don't know. You're making a defense of Cinderella as being just the same old thing that you've already seen before. It's it's the thing I thought I saw. It's all of the best parts of Cinderella just expanded on. I don't think that that, it's that recommends movie. it much for anything. Does this get you excited about Disney's uh, next couple of live action No, movies? nothing, no, no. Beauty and the Beast with Emma uh, Watson? No, Emma... <laughs> the, Emma Stone? Hermione from Harry Potter. Her, Emma Hermione. There's too many. You got too many M's there. Hermione. Hermione. 
one of the things I really liked about this movie was that it's live action. It's realizing this cartoon world. Uh, special effects have gotten to the point where we can kind of make any story that we want. And I think Disney, I mean, they're already doing Beauty and the Beast. Uh, apparently they just signed Tim Burton to do Dumbo. Uh, it definitely seems like Disney is going to be going down this live action path for quite a while. Are there any classic Disney cartoon films that you want to see them make into a live action film? I'd like to see Quentin Tarantino's Song of the South (laughs) just for the controversy. I don't know if I'd go see the movie, but I'd like all the surrounding controversy. You'd just like him to get hired to do it. Yeah. Samuel L. Jackson as Uncle Remus. (laughs) Could you see it? And then make it a Quentin Tarantino movie. Hey, you MFers. Like, it's Disney. It's a mashup of Disney Tarantino. Disney as you've never seen them before. With, like, rap music score underneath. (laughs) Yeah. I'd go see that. Nice. I'd like to see Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. What would you see? Well, I mean, I'd actually want to see something and see it be successful. I'm eager to see them do Aladdin, and I think that's coming soon. All right. Who would be in Aladdin? Well, David Patel. David. As I call David. Him. His best friends call him David. Everyone else calls him Dev. Yeah. David. No, I would definitely do him. I would have Louis C.K. as the genie. I really? think he would be a great uh, genie. All right. No? Why? Why? Yeah. Because he's funny and he just would be kind of grumpy. And I would think if you're stuck in a lamp for a thousand years, you're not oh, going to be the most happy-go-lucky all right. guy. So you change the character around? A little bit. All right. I mean... You don't want someone just doing a riff on Robin Williams. They've got to bring their own funny. And I think Louis C.K. has a strong enough voice as a comedian, and he's a well-known enough character from his stand-up that he could be the genie. All right. I see. I can see that. You got other options? Uh, Jafar. I'd have Tom Hardy play him. Who's Jafar? Is that? I don't. I didn't he's see him the main either. villain. Okay. From that, and for Jasmine, the princess. Uh, if we had done this movie 10 years ago, I would have cast Mila Kunis. All right. She would have been awesome. But I think I would end up uh, casting Ode uh, uh, Rush. She was from The Giver, another teen dystopian movie. She All was right. pretty good in that. She's uh, Israeli. <laughs> Some obscure. She, she's from Israel. No, right. I think she she was good in the film. I think she's an actress whose career is going to blow up over the next couple of years. I definitely see her game. <laughs> you're like, you're really casting these things. You said, you're like, you're thinking, you're sitting down like a casting director and you're like, hmm, who would be in these movies? Who would really sell the tickets? You're having like a little mini meeting with your cast of producers and directors. We want to green light this project. For a couple of years, get? I used to go to some website where you could buy stock in actors or even in movies. Uh-huh. And then if they went up or down, it was all based on their box office and what they were projected to do. So you're always trying to find new actors and actresses and, and buy stock oh, in them okay. before they got signed to some mega movie. What would you get out of it? Bragging rights? I don't think I even told anyone. I just did this by myself. Why'd it's you just, stop? It became, just, a, it became a guilty pleasure. Yeah, I don't know. I just got away guilt. from it. And, and then sometimes you'd buy stock in a movie that didn't come out for eight months. So there wasn't a whole lot to do daily with the website. But I, I do like trying to figure out who's the next big talent. All right. Well, I have no idea about that kind of stuff. But I did think of a cast for Pinocchio. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. All right. 
All right. Fat Russell Crowe is Geppetto. Just because I like saying Fat Russell Crowe. I think he could pull it off, too. Pretty good actor. And Jennifer Lawrence as the Blue Fairy, because she's good in everything. You, yeah, you would cast Jennifer Lawrence in every role. She could be in every movie from here on out. Along with Fat Russell Crowe. No, I like Fat Russell Crowe. I like him in everything. I don't like He'd be good Geppetto, though. Um, you need a Pinocchio. No, I don't know. I don't know any of Any annoying kid could be Pinocchio. <laughs> you don't need a Pinocchio. <laughs> because Pinocchio is really defined by his lack of moral fiber. And that's why it's Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio and not the Pinocchio of Disney. Why wouldn't you hire a 55-year-old man to play Pinocchio like uh, Roberto? Uh, like uh, Will Ferrell or something. Roberto Benigni did it. Yeah, yeah, that was stupid, I guess. I don't know. I didn't see it. No, I'd, I'd hire some stupid kid. <laughs> Get some kid off, you know. It, I don't know. So you I wouldn't would just like, hire some kid from a serial I wouldn't commercial. stunt cast it. Yeah, it was just some, it's some kid. Put, put some kid in a role. Anyone can be Pinocchio. It's not like it's the title role or anything. It's important. <laughs> Some the whole movie kid. hinges on this role. He's, a wood, he's wooden. He's a wooden actor. <laughs> <laughs> he's been ninety percent of the movie. All right. So the Would real you CGI the... him instead. Yeah. You just have someone be a voice actor for him. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, maybe up until the time he turns real. He I think it would be CGI. better if you had him as CGI while he's real, and then it's a re- it's someone actually playing him in makeup <laughs> when he's a donkey or he's made of wood. Yeah, but you would have Will Ferrell through the whole thing. <laughs> Patton Oswald. <laughs> or Oswalt, sorry. Um, yeah, the Pinocchio doesn't matter. But there's a key role uh, that, you're, that we're forgetting about. You would cast Melissa McCarthy as the whale. No, <laughs> no the, the whale's not that important. No, uh, Jiminy Cricket. Oh, yeah. Duh. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty good size role. Dick Vitale. <laughs> He's got the most annoying voice. Could you imagine Dick Vitale as Jimmy Cricket? Singing awesome. When You Wish Upon a Star. <laughs> yeah. Is, does he sing that song? Yeah, Jimmy Cricket sings Oh, okay. Yeah. You really need to watch your Disney classic films. <laughs> I mean, I know that song. Well, you know, in the original story of Jiminy Cricket, Pinocchio kills Jiminy Cricket. Because Jiminy Cricket... <laughs> Jiminy Cricket... Jiminy Crimpet uh, settles his hash for him, and uh, I mean that's this, that's pretty much what the this this the the book was written in eighteen eighty one. Uh-huh. Or there was actually a series of books, and this the real Pinocchio upon which the story is based is lacks moral fiber, and he's upbraided by Jiminy Cricket. Found the passage somewhere. This is from an article by. Uh, Emily Lupton, or no, <laughs> Emily Upton. I sound like you for a minute. In things we know or things we've learned, <laughs> I think it's the website. But anyway, she says, uh, "When the talking cricket." All right, so G- Jim, <laughs> Jiminy Cricket. Yeah. No, Pinocchio is like skipping around. He's skipping school. He's still a wooden toy, and he's he's uh, just kind of hanging out, not yep. doing his thing. Yeah. And then the talking cricket tells Pinocchio he needs to go home, right? Uh-huh. He needs to stop hanging out on the streets. At these last words, Pinocchio jumped up in a fury, took a hammer from the bench, and threw it with all his strength at the talking cricket. Perhaps he did not think he would strike it, but sad to relate, my dear children, he hit the cricket straight on its head. With a, 
with a last weak cree, 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 the poor cricket fell from the wall, dead. I wonder why Disney didn't go with that version. I don't, they have a lot of sadness in their movies. Bambi's mom. Yeah, but shot. you couldn't. You couldn't have this. You couldn't have your your title character running around in lederhosen, knocking the the main you know talking animal over the head with a hammer. Oh, true. Like <laughs> Maxwell. It's interesting if you go back and watch when the main character in some of these Disney films has to defeat the villain. How often? it's just them stumbling out of the way and the villain tossing themselves off a cliff or um, like when the seven dwarves go after the, uh, the, the evil witch, witch yeah. it's lightning hitting a rock that then crushes the witch. The, the dwarves don't God's actually justice. do anything. Yeah. Um, because you don't want to have your, your dwarves become unlikable characters. You don't yeah. want to be evil. Simba in the Lion King, he tries to save Scar and he's holding Scar up so that Scar doesn't plummet to his doom, and Scar decides to take one last swipe at him. And Simba lets go just, you know, in a defensive reactionary movement. Um, it's not his fault. He tried. They couldn't do Lion King as a live action. Yeah, they could. Who would you cast? A lion? No. <laughs> it wouldn't be interesting. Who would be the voice? It's gotta, I would cast uh, John Cryer. The lion, or Anne Hathaway. <laughs> you can't have live. I think that's why I think live action Dumbo is going to be ridiculous. Well, you got to have a human character to do a live action um, retelling. I think of those animated films. I think if you do, if you don't, if you're if you're going to do the live action, the the reason that a th- hundred and one Dalmatians worked. Is because it's the story of Cruella Deville. It's not the story necessarily of these puppies, and I mean they're interesting, and you can have a lot of cute puppies running around. But what are the names of the father and the mother in of dogs in that in that cartoon? I have no nobody, idea, but nobody never knows. have I been so tempted to just lie and say something with as straight a face as possible. You couldn't even pull out. You couldn't Paul even pull and the, Samantha. <laughs> Yeah, you could have said that. Then you would have been called out for lying. Yeah, our our listeners would write in. So, anyway, yeah, you can't do... I don't think you're going to be able to do Dumbo. Not looking forward to that. Yeah, I think some are we'll going... see it. Some aren't going to be as successful as others, but I think that there are some properties. Like I said, Aladdin will be popular. I bet within 10 years we get Frozen. Yeah, I was going to ask about that because it's not really a hand-drawn animated film. It doesn't harken back to that era. I know they're doing a live-action uh, remake of, of Robin Hood. Disney's got a, a Robin Hood thing they're doing. They're doing another Robin Hood. Yeah. Robin Hood's one of those properties that you get a new movie every, what, 10 years or so, you'd say? I, know, I can't remember a good one. I like the Kevin Costner Robin Hood. I actually kind of liked it, but that wasn't a very sophisticated moviegoer back then when it came out. Oh, I like that. Morgan Freeman. Yeah. It was good. Uh, you didn't like Men in Tights? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't like it. I didn't see it. I didn't see the whole thing. I like Mel Brooks, but I didn't like. I don't necessarily. I don't like musicals. <laughs> it's not a musical. You have musical. nothing to worry about. Mel Brooks has. Uh, he scares me with his music. All right, all right, fair enough. Um, I think there are two Robin Hood movies that are coming out. One of them is a Disney live action remake, which I don't know if that means they're going to have 
foxes and, you know, hedgehogs or whatever they had. A possum. I think the friar was a possum. Sounds about right. Wasn't Little John a bear? Yeah. It's been a long time since I've seen uh, Robin Hood. They did the uh, Jungle Book live action. I don't think, I mean, that must have made money. Yeah, that was think maybe the sequel, so, but, so, I don't know. But do you think they'll do uh, prequels and offshoots? Like, do you think they'll take, say, well, they like, t- I don't think Kate Blanchett dies, oh, I don't want to spoil anything, <laughs> the Cinderella movie, but. Well, they've done that with Sleeping Beauty. Uh, Maleficent is, for the most part, a pre- prequel to Sleeping Beauty. Right. They They do tell that story, but. It's a minor aspect of the film as a whole. Could they do something like that with Kate Blanchett's character and have it be interesting? She's too pedestrian. No, I don't think there's a whole because lot. Because not, she's not fantastical or anything. No, but... I, I, oh, here, I know what movie you'd want to see them do live action. Lady and the Tramp. No, Two dogs no, falling in love? Yeah, I mean, I like the idea of it. It's cute, but no, I don't like... No, I don't want to see... I don't want to see dogs in movies. I, I, can't, I can't even watch the trailer for uh, have uh, Marley and Me because he's kind of limping around. I saw it once. And I actually, I think I started crying. The book was very sad at the end. Yeah, there's no way. Just the idea of it. It's hard, hard, especially in the situation I'm in now. I got three dogs, and one of them is pretty close to, to being. We're gonna have to put her under. And on that note. <laughs> That was laugh number one. Hey, welcome to laugh. <laughs> Some yucks with us here at the studio. Wow, this uh, really is like a Disney movie. You're killing old Yeller at the end of it. <laughs> uh, wait, you're going to spoil every movie? Is this the spoiler of the of the week? Are you Phoebe Boucher from Friends, <laughs> whose mother used to turn off old Yeller halfway through? Oh, really? So she didn't know? Yeah, she's like, yeah, it's old Yeller. I love that movie. I love that ending. <laughs> Dog fights off a bear. Everyone's saved. And they're like, that's not the ending, Phoebe. Oh, wow. Poor girl. Poor Phoebe. Should you save your children from sad endings? No, of course not. Force them into misery, a life of uh, lifelong misery for those <laughs> kids. And teach them the real world. Anything else you want to say about Cinderella? No, no. I think we've said it all. I, I like it. I like Disney. You don't like Disney. You didn't like this film. <laughs> I am very happy, though, that I'm able to drag you to some of these films in the name of the podcast. So it would be great if our listeners wrote in Ooh, yeah. with names of other films that are coming out that we should go see in the name of the podcast. So, because um, you are one of my favorite people to go watch a bad film with because you hate it so much. And it makes is, me so happy inside. I wanted the experience to be as bad as it possibly could be. And it started off being even worse than I thought, could have ever imagined because I thought you were going to stand me up. <laughs> I was going to have to go in there alone. What I would have liked is if you had gone into the theater by yourself and then I had to go find you. <laughs> so they see a middle-aged man looking for another middle-aged man before oh, the Disney movie begins. so scary. Uh, so there was that. I had to talk to the kid. The kids, there were kids coming into the theater and a couple of them were like, Mommy, Mommy, can we go see Paddington? And the mom looks up at the, uh, the marquee and she goes, No, it's, it's too late. And I was like, kid, I wish I was going to see Paddington, too. <laughs> and then they felt that they could talk to me. And that made it even worse. <laughs> I had to have a conversation with these kids. 
<laughs> I liked it. The only thing I didn't like was the fan that was blowing hot, dry air. I like the us. fact that it was making it even hotter. Uh, no, it made it pretty dry in there. Oh, it dried out my eyes in an instant. <laughs> Ever since I've had LASIK eye surgery, my eyes dry out very quickly. Right, right, right. So, so I had to start trying to oh, tear up to right, get some moisture back in my right. eyes. That's what it was. <laughs> you didn't see this, but for uh, no, the first I saw five it. minutes, I, I, I was to tearing up. The indignity. Practically crying, and of course, Cinderella's dad uh-huh. has to die, and I thought, if Lusp looks over at me right now, I'm never living this down. We, did you get the sniffles, too? <laughs> no, I, I can now cry on demand. Oh, you're becoming an actor. Yeah, yeah. Huh. I, I have to. My eyes dry out otherwise. Oh, well, way to go. Congratulations. That's another one of your superpowers. superpowers. <laughs> Uh, you remember every single movie you've ever been in. You can cry at will. And what's your third one? Oh, we, memory. We, yeah, my memory's awesome. No, I know where I was for every movie I've ever seen. We, your we ability to, second, to to say uh, my ability to drag to, you to movies that you don't oh, okay. want to see. I was going to say you can add a fourth one to mispronounce any name that you encounter. Butchering is an yeah. art. <laughs> Verbal butchery. All right, so there you go. There's that. Um, if you want to communicate to us what you thought of Cinderella, where would you go, listener? Well, we can be emailed at thelaughpodcast at gmail.com. We're also on the Twitters at The Laugh Podcast, and we're even on the Facebook. So uh, send us a message on that. How would you get into Facebook? You just say Facebook.com slash The Laugh Podcast. Is it The Laugh Podcast? Yeah. The Laugh Podcast. Check us out, people. You can also vote for us on podcastland.com. We want to be your podcast of the month. Remember, our motto is we don't have to be your favorite podcast of all time. We just want to be your favorite podcast of the month. (laughs) Right? We are going to interview, or I think we're going to try to set up an interview with and or review Wolf 359, the podcast that beat us last week. That's our next week's show. I believe. So, uh, should be looking forward to that. This should be good. I like it. I'm looking forward to hopefully talking to those guys, maybe having them on the show, but at least talking about the new medium of podcasting and how it qualifies as literature on it, on its own right. I like it. I, I like what they're doing with the show. So, so, um, in the immortal words of Joel Barish, constantly talking isn't necessarily communicating. Thanks for listening to the Laugh Podcast. Mr. Two Frames over there. It's been a pleasure. I'm the L-Train. Poxet Bonum, everybody. There be dragons. Does Kenneth Branagh's Cinderella hold up to those expectations? Oh, yeah, there are some beautiful visual moments in this film. All right. When Cinderella first gets to the ball and you see her make her grand entrance, that's one full. (laughs) 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 Uh, Walt Disney told his... (laughs) So... (laughs) <laughs> Mr. Two Frames. Yes. How's it going? 
Walt Disney told his early animators that the characters and scenes should be so vivid and clear. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> you suck. <laughs> Don't stop it. Just roll it. Keep it all rolling. Right, all right. God, you're horrible. <laughs> yeah, I'm the problem here. <laughs> Who's the problem? <laughs> At least I can do the silent laugh. <laughs> all right. 